Welcome everyone to the Modern Day Overthinker Podcast. My name is Colin and I am your host. This week's episode, today's episode, I should say, since we're not doing every week, now we're doing every other week, every other Monday. This Monday's episode is with Judy Creighton and Judy is a newer friend of mine. I've met from doing comedy. We have a lot of mutual friends and I've ran into her randomly a couple times in the last couple months and I was like, you know what? She needs to be on the podcast. She seems like a great person to talk to and I was right. It is Traumatic Brain Injury Awareness Month. So why would we not talk about that? Judy had a traumatic brain injury back when she was in high school. She was in a car accident. We talked about that and how that is and how that has impacted her life since. And we of course talked about the arts, the performance arts in the community, in the quad cities where we live, parenting as it involves mental health with the parent themselves and dealing with a adolescent or child teenager what have you in regards to mental health and dealing with their mental health and we also talked about our friend stevie mo johnny tuesday and our late friend brad han wrapped up talking about asking for help and how important that is yeah this is a great episode as i say about all my episodes but i'm sorry i missed out last week in dropping a new episode this should make up for it without further ado here is episode number 58 with judy creighton to the Modern Day Overthinker podcast. My name is Colin. I'm your host. Today's guest is Judy Creighton. I said that right, right? You did. Thank God. All right. <laughs> you did. I always, I'm always like super superstitious about like ruining someone's name because people butcher mine all the time. So thank you for being here today. Uh, we have plenty to talk about, so we'll get right into it. First of all, I wanted to just introduce you as like you're a huge fan of the arts here in the Quad Cities. That's how we know each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, from comedy to burlesque to drag, you seem to have friends in all of the different art forms, <laughs> which is awesome. So how long have you been... Uh, you said you kind of got adopted by like the scene, <laughs> the scenes, and how they long have you been doing that? Old. How long have you been involved in that? For a few years at least? At least. At least. At, at, at least. Uh, I've only known you a couple of years, but I've only been... A, I, was, uh, I was not involved with really any of the arts until I started doing comedy, which almost almost two years ago. So, mm-hmm. Definitely five years. Yeah. Five years for sure. 
Yeah. It seems like it's been forever, but I don't really think it has. Yeah. 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 So what got you attending more events? Was it like the uh, relationship or like, or just like you had a friend that started doing it? Uh, Actually, I had a friend that brought me. And okay. he, and at the like, time he was really in with it. Um, some things fell apart, but like at the time he was really, you know, like knew a lot of the folks. And so he's like, Hey, let's go to burlesque shows. Like, mm-hmm. right, okay. And then after that, I just, I don't know. I just connected with the performers and I just have made so many, fr- Oh my gosh. They're not friends. They're family. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we just stayed and, there's different troops, and I support the different troops out there. So I love I that they're called do. troops to us. Mm-hmm. That's badass. Yeah. Uh, we don't have any uh, thing for the comedy scene that sounds that cool. Oh no. <laughs> we yeah. Just, well, comedians is just like there's a bunch of comedians, and there's quite a few comedians, and we keep adopting more. <laughs> Which is good. I do see you guys keep adding more and more and more like different folks. I was like, ooh, that's a new person too. Yeah. We have more open mics than I think we've ever had in the mm-hmm. Quad Cities. And more frequent too. Yeah, like frequent, consistent open mics. And we can mainly thank like JT and like a couple other people for those, like Chris Lichting and I need to stop stop shouting out Chris Lichting <laughs> until he starts paying me. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah. Shout well, even, like, the stand-up comedy stuff, like, that's coming back. But also the, uh, like, the shows, like, improv shows. Just shows in general. Stuff. Yeah. Well, COVID really messed through a wrench and everything. It did. Dang COVID. Yeah, yeah. when I was starting, it was still kind of, like, weird being in a group setting. Mm-hmm. Like, when I started in April 2021, it was, like, people, yeah, we had to wear a mask until we were on stage, and we were wiping down the mic, and I was like, that's how I started. Wiping down everything. Yeah, wiping down (laughs) everything. And they were like, it doesn't matter. You're going to get it anyway. You know, I was so good. I went through all of, like, COVID and stuff. I did not get it until last, like, August. Yeah, it's weird. I got it twice. Uh I had uh, COVID and strep at the same time. Oh no, Mm-mm. it was brutal. I don't know no. what was. I don't know what was worse. I don't. I, <laughs> I didn't know what was causing the worst symptoms. I think strep, but I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. But luckily, each time I had COVID, it was not too bad because um, I don't have other underlying health issues physically. Anyway, <laughs> uh, all my stuff's mental. Um, so yeah, COVID was weird for me the whole time period. It just is, it seems like we're, obviously it's still a thing, Mm -hmm. but we're still kind of like figuring out how to get back into society and yeah, in group settings, it's still kind of, it feels more normal. Uh, the more shows I do and the more shows I go to, but mm-hmm. like I remember at first, yeah, it was just so weird. It was like, uh, should we be doing this? Are we, <laughs> so, are we supposed to be here? Uh, I think people are just so, okay. You know, it's happened. It's still here. It's not going to go away. We just got to keep, we got to move forward. Like, yeah. Just be, people are just kind of like over it. 
Well, yeah, and we need human interaction, like... We do. Mentally, like, it's... I've noticed that from just working from home. Like, at first, like, I was like, yes, I get to work from home. I was super excited about it. But over time, I'm just like, man, I kind of miss, like, shooting the shit with people at the office and hanging out, like... It's a totally different dynamic. You have to have some sort of... You have to have, honestly, a strength to work at home. I've been working at home for... Since, oh gosh. Was it COVID related or before that? Mm-hmm. 2017. Okay. So I've been working at home in 2017. And it gets to one of those points where at the end of the week, you're like, I really want to go out, but I'm home. I'm comfortable. I really don't want to oh, go yeah. out. Here we go. <laughs> I answered that in that video call. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I... I'm with you, though. Like, it can definitely have an impact on your mental health working from home. Oh, yeah. It's just, you can only do so many, like, we use Teams, but, like, Zoom or mm-hmm. Team calls, like, it's not the same. Like, no, it's mentally draining. Like, yeah. that's why on Friday, typically, if anybody asks me to do anything on Friday, I'm like, nope. I was like, I need to just shut down and just relax because i've just been talking on training and it's just it's mentally it's draining so nope you do training for your job virtually i do i train i train people how to do their job basically yeah and that's training virtually we had to adjust to that as a company it's been interesting yeah because you don't know like how much they're really taking in you know i was so mad covid out of anything robbed me of a chance to go to columbia to train so man, because I would have been able to train. I did train them, but it was all virtually. But if it wasn't for COVID, I found out I would. They would have flown me down there. Mm-hmm. And it was one was in Bogota, and the other one is in was in Barranquilla. That's dang it. COVID. <laughs> I'm so mad. That I was is so rough. mad. I was actually in in Hawaii when COVID like really started like. Because we didn't know at first, like, how serious it was. It was, mm-hmm. like, in early March. And uh, we were, like, on the fence about whether or not we were still going to go to Hawaii. And we went. And then while we were there, everything just started shutting down. <laughs> and we left early. And it was brutal. <laughs> at least you made it, though. I made it. I got to enjoy a little bit. But it was still, like, uh it still sucks because it was like a really well planned trip with my family, and it was like just. It sucks. Yeah, it, does. it was brutal. It does. It really does. But yeah, I remember coming back, and the, uh, I had obviously taken time off work, and they were like, "Yeah, uh, don't come back to the office." And my boss met me at the I eighty truck stop, and like threw me basically threw <laughs> me a 10 feet away yeah threw me a book bag of my with my laptop and everything <laughs> it's like here you go i was like okay yeah um yeah it's been weird uh i liked it at first but the more i do it i'm like i need to i'm glad it's getting nicer out so i can like go outside and go uh, for a walk and or like, just have my windows open <laughs> yeah yeah just have my windows open with some fresh air i'm good yeah that's all i want yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Reminding myself to like get up and walk around and <laughs> like do. I have dogs, so I have to get up. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> gotta let them outside. But yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, my cat's not going anywhere. She's uh, very much an indoor cat. She's not even really, like, intrigued by the outdoors anymore. She used to be, but yeah. now she's just like, eh, I, I have everything I need here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. She hasn't tried to get out in a while. She thought about it the other day, but that was after I took her to the vet, and she was mad at me. Rebellion. Yeah, she was. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. She always comes back, though. She doesn't get that far when she gets outside. <laughs> That's good, though. She's just like, oh, yeah. It, it's this rough. is what it's, it was. <laughs> it's rough out here. I'm like, yeah, it is. You should probably just stay inside. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love it. So the first thing uh, you brought up when we were trying to figure out what we wanted to talk about was uh, March being Traumatic Brain Injury Awareness Month. And yes. you yourself had a traumatic brain injury when you were, you said in high school, correct? Which seems like a lifetime ago, but yes. A couple years ago. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was back, it was back in, uh, in high school. I think, I think I was a junior. Yeah. I think I was a junior. Yep. So this is a car accident, right? It was a car accident. Okay. So, Yeah. Um, so I know I told you before we started, I grew up on a farm. Mm -hmm. Well, the gravel roads out there are not the greatest. Yeah. Gravel roads are rough. I don't like them. No. So what happened was my younger sister and I at the time were on our way back home and it happened less than a mile from home. Like they always say. And what had happened was, um, some animal ran out in front of me and it was just a natural instinct, I think. And I tried to fix it. And apparently what happened was it was in my dad's really beat up orange ranger truck. So the only good thing to come out of it was the truck was totaled. Yeah. But the, I guess like the, it got stuck in like the soft spot of the road. And then I tried to correct it. And then. It was just you? it hit the washboard. Are so you with your sister? It. Yep. Okay. So. I. I don't really know the extent, but, like, it flipped a couple times. I was wearing my seatbelt, but I still went out backwards through my went through my windshield and, or window and just skidded across the gravel. Um, my sister messed up her knee. That was about it. But walked about a mile to the neighbor's house and got help. And, uh, yeah. So... So were you uh, unconscious for a while or? I don't know. (laughs) So the only thing that I can remember from the actual accident itself was I kind of vaguely looking up because my my best friend at the time, her brother was in the fire department. And I just remember looking up and I remember seeing his face. After that, the accident itself, I have no idea. No memory. So then. Obviously, had to spend some time in the hospital, I assume. Both of the hospitals, yeah. A little over a month I spent in both of the hospitals up here. Why both of them? uh, Transfer? Yeah, they transferred me, but I don't know why. Yeah. Probably space or something, or somebody else needed, I don't know. Yeah. You never know. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so, yeah, it was. And then I was home and in a hospital bed at home. And if I was up above, like, a 45-degree angle, I'd have on, like, this, what I called, like, the turtle shell brace, because I broke my back in three places. Ugh. So, I still have a compressed fracture in my lower back, which is very painful. <laughs> so, yeah. Yikes. So, 
with that, obviously comes you know the, the back injury and the back injuries i should say and you said you've you've broken every bone in your body is that because of the car wreck or just in general over your life <laughs> a lot of it was from my car accident okay but well, i was chalked up to that but you have broken other bones in other ways i have like so before my accident like i was i danced and i was very competitive and i was i was really really good and then you know as a dance teacher and they always say that dancers are the most, like, clumsiest people. It's true. That's funny. So I had a lot of injuries from dance. Um, I have metal in my left ankle from a completely unrelated injury. Um, when I was living at home, my younger sister at the time liked to stack stuff up, up on the stairs. And I was in a hurry one time for work, had my shoes on. So I was running down the stairs, and I tripped over something that she had on the stairs. Mm. And... That is honestly the most painful pain I can actually physically remember because I broke the two places that hold your bone or your ankle together. Ugh. So. Yeah, that just sounds painful. <laughs> so, yeah, I had a lovely – of course, I knew all the firemen and, you know, stuff out there because I grew up, you know, it was a small, small town. town. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was a nice – that was a nice road. It was bumpy and it hurt, but that was a very long ambulance ride. I bet. Yeah. So with the with the car accident, that's where the the brain injury happened. Obviously, it did, and you're still dealing with that because you have memory loss. I do. So how does that impact your like day to day life at this point? Uh, well, you could start with how it impacted you at first too. Obviously, Wherever it wasn't. You want to start. It's up to you. It was just. I, I wish I could tell you what I what I how I was trying to deal with it, but right now it's just something that I've kind of gotten used to. It's very hard because I don't remember important things. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's just like, I have a blank slate. Like it's not like a 51st date situation. Yeah, where you, you wake up movie. every day and it's a new day. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, I don't know who I am. Yeah. Okay. So it's not like that. That's no. Good. Cause you know, I, I can remember, I can remember a, a, a year or so ago. It's just, my memory is not great. And so when people meet me, if I don't really interact with them, with them like on a, not a day-to-day basis, but a frequent basis, it's very hard for me to kind of put two and two together sometimes. Um, people will be like, oh, do you remember when? I'm like, sometimes I just go with it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, instead of being awkward. or yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Because then if I'm like, no, I don't, then it kind of is like why and all this other stuff yeah you have to explain it all yeah yeah and then i don't have the best relationship with my mom but you know when i say that i don't remember something it's almost like she doesn't believe me Mm. and so because there are certain like little things that i can remember and there's a thing like muscle memory like you know my uh my dad like i don't have any memory of him but like there's like, I don't know, I can just, I feel like, you know, I I know I loved him and, you know, I, I just, I feel sad and it's just, it's that muscle memory, you know, because there's, it's just a different way of remembering somebody. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's hard. It, it really is. But at the same time, you know, if somebody says something to me, it's like in a negative way, be like, it just doesn't bother me because I'm like, oh, I'm not going to remember it. Well, that's a, that's a silver lining. <laughs> that is true. So is it more... Uh, well, obviously, it's some, you were telling me uh, the other day that 
you don't remember a lot of your childhood. None of it. Like none of it? None of it. It's just like... None of it. Like somebody just erased the tape? Right. The... There's little things here and there that I can kind of remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I could tell you the layout of the house that I grew up in. But I can't... And, like, you know, our farm and stuff like that, but... Like, specific things. Mm-mm. Yeah. Oh. That's wild. And now, it's more, like, short-term stuff. Or it's long term. It's long term. It's okay. long term. Okay. Yeah. It's just a continuing thing, and nobody can figure out why. So. Yeah, because the brain's so complex. It is. It is, and I did find out that around here there is a support group for people with like TBI and stuff like that. So they don't meet as often as I would like them to. So I've never actually been able to attend just because I've had other things going on. Yeah. But and TBI like, is short for uh, traumatic brain injury. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, just but like to clarify. you can see the scar. Can you see the scars? A little bit. Yeah, like somewhere in here, I can kind of feel them sometimes. But yeah, yep. my Barbara was just like, <laughs> I see it. Yeah. Yeah. So I gotta be careful. Yeah. But I had like a lot of facial injuries too, so it was just like all over my head. It wasn't just like the skull. So Did it actually fracture it? It did. I had a two skull fractures and then like a laceration on top of one of the skull fractures. And then like the top of my left ear came off. Um I broke my eye socket cheekbone. Like the teeth down here are fake because they broke, so they had to like fix them. I always joke and say I got a nose job out of it because my nose shattered. <laughs> <laughs> So I got a nose job out of the car accident. There you go. Because <laughs> my nose, yeah, it shattered. Um, so yeah, that was a lot of the head trauma. No. Jeez, and your and your sister just had a knee injury. <laughs> That's you guys it. joke about that. Now? <laughs> well, we really don't talk. So. Oh, you don't? No. Okay. <laughs> no. But geez, I can only imagine like. Well, luckily, and this sounds like it was, I don't mean to age you, but it was before cell phones, obviously, before everyone had a cell phone, or was it? it? I think it, I think people might have been coming out with, like, the cell phones, pagers for sure. Yeah. But they had, but she had to run to somebody's house. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't. Yeah, because we were coming back from, it was a pool day, I think, and we were just coming back home, so. Yeah. Yeah. It just, I, people just take for granted. They, they, they do, and, like, they just don't realize that your memories are something that can just be taken away and that's just something i think people take for granted and they just don't realize how precious they are and in regards to like depression and anxiety because we talked about that too was obviously you don't remember a lot before this happened but did you have did you deal with depression anxiety before that no that started after my accident oh wow yeah so it brought on new other symptoms besides physical ones and where would you say as far as depression goes would you say it's more of like a like a seasonal thing or is it just a regular like everyday thing or how would you describe because everybody's depression is a little bit different it is we were just talking about this yesterday too uh seasonal for sure but i I think it also depends on what is going on around in my life right now and so, you know, there's Stress. a lot of, yes, there's a lot of stuff that I'm dealing with and, 
uh, you know, honestly, my depression has not been the greatest lately. I get it. So, but yeah, usually, because I've been off my meds for, well, I can stay off my meds for a while, but like if it starts getting really bad, like it's been lately, I've been on them for a while again. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I just need to honestly just the medicine that I'm on, I do need to stay on because it also double or it has like another effect for like pain management too. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So I just need to stick with it. Yeah. That's the thing with, with meds is like, you think like, oh, I don't need to take these anymore. But also at the same time, like, I don't need to take these anymore because maybe the meds are working. It's like, uh, I talked to so many people about it, and I've been in that boat before, and I am way past it. I'm just like, I know I need to be on some type of medication. Mm-hmm. I'm still like, kind of like a um, like a test subject when it comes to medication. I haven't gotten it completely right the way like me and my doctor want it, like because I had like. I've always known I, I not always, but I've known for a long time I have OCD, which is an anxiety disorder. So I just have mm-hmm. anxiety in general, and then depression, major depressive disorder. So I had depression all the time. <laughs> um, not all the time, but like it's obviously it has a scale and like it goes up and yeah. down. Uh, seasonal, it does affect me as well, uh, mostly in the fall for some reason. Uh, Winter for me because it's too. I hate the cold. Oh yeah, I get it. Yeah. The fall and winter, I mean, when the time changes and there's less daylight, that's brutal. But mm-hmm. I just learned not too long ago, which makes a lot of sense, that uh, I was diagnosed ADD as well. So I was like, what? Are you, am I just getting diagnosed <laughs> with everything now? I feel like you just go in and spin the wheel and be like, what's going to land on this? Yeah. Time? But I was like, that makes a lot of sense because – but. Is my anxiety and depression causing the ADD? It's really hard to like. Yeah. I think um, for me, I've always told people, like, if you're on depression medicine, just stay on it. Even if you're doing good and things are going great, you never know what's going to happen in this life. Mm -hmm. It's just life's going to throw you a curveball and it's just going to be better if you're prepared for it. So I was like, did you know, just just stay on it, just just yeah. And there's stay almost on it. like, and there's still a stigma about it about being on medication, and people are like, they feel like less than because they're on medication. I felt that way. I know, um, and which they shouldn't. I mean, because we take vitamins, know. right? We take vitamins to make ourselves better. Well, the brain is a muscle. Yeah. Right. So it's just we gotta take care of it like you take tylenol if you get a headache right you're taking care of your brain this is medicine for your brain so i've had that conversation with a couple folks too yeah um guys mainly oh yeah yeah and but i mean i was happy because i actually on a separate note like i keep telling people to like you know go to therapy therapy is great it's not somebody that's going to be there just telling me what to do no it's not a good therapist is not going to do that. No. And so I've actually had a couple people that have taken my advice and they've done therapy. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's a win. But back to you. Have you ever tried genetic um, testing? I have. Yes. To see like what medications mm-hmm. don't work well with my body. Yeah. yeah I've done that. Yeah. yeah. That's one thing that our doctor said that we could do for miles. So I was like, all right, well, maybe. Yeah, I did. It's uh, at first I thought it was gonna be way more expensive, but 
my psychiatrist like helped me out with that and it wasn't nearly as expensive as i thought it was going to be mm-hmm. at first they billed me for like 2500 bucks <laughs> and she's like don't worry they'll reprocess it you have to submit like some more information mm-hmm. and i think i got it down to like 200 200 bucks 250 bucks which for that information it was worth it yeah yeah uh yeah, and I there was one of the medications that I was on. They're like, yeah, you probably shouldn't be on that. <laughs> and so it's a good way to figure out what's going to work and what's not. So yeah, it's a good baseline. It's still even after that, it's still kind of like trial and error. Yeah, I found one that works for me, so I gotta yeah just gotta stick with stick it. with it exactly. I've been Took years to get to that though. But oh yeah. Yeah, I was on one medication for a long time, and it seemed to be working, but had some side effects that I didn't really like, and I was like, maybe there's something better, like newer, and I Mm -hmm. did find something newer that seems to work just as well as the other one did, which is good. Yeah. Uh, My doctor just put me on a different anxiety med, because the one that I have, if I take a whole one, I'll be catatonic for days. It's just, well. Zombie mode? Yeah. No, all I want to do is just sleep, but. Yeah, that's not fun. The one that she put me on fairly recent, it just, it made me feel weird. It made me feel like I just, like I couldn't think. I I, I don't know. It's almost like I was in a fog mentally. Mm. And so I was like, the first time I took it, I was like, mm, okay, maybe it's just, I don't know. So second time I took it, I was just, I was training and I'm like, I just, I can't think. I can't form sentences. I just... I'm checked out. I don't know. It was almost like I was in a daze. Yeah. That's not good. So I called her and she's like, okay, well, just don't take it. And she's like, we'll try something else. So I'm like, okay. I knew it. Yeah, that's good. And being able to get, have a provider or, you know, a psychiatrist that you can get through to and talk and so you don't have to wait like days and without (laughs) being in like limbo. Oh, that's the worst. Luckily, like, yeah, my psychiatrist is not too difficult to get a hold of. Even when she's in, she actually lives in uh, Iowa City, so I see her uh, virtually because I I used to see her in person because I worked in Iowa City. Mm-hmm. And I would just go before work or after work or lunch or whatever. And then COVID happened, and then I've been seeing her virtually ever since. That's why I drive an hour, <laughs> just for an hour, and then drive uh-huh. back. Yeah. yeah. So... But I did find out recently, if you're on any type of uh, anything that's considered, would be considered a controlled substance Mm -hmm. type of medication, you have to see your provider like every so often in person. Oh, It's a new Mm -hmm. thing. So I have to see her in person before May. Yeah. Otherwise, whatever, which is fine because I haven't seen her in person in a while. I kind of need an excuse to do it anyway, but it's like... Just make a day out of it. Go up to Iowa City, have lunch. That's what I'm going to do, yeah. So. And luckily, I've networked there for comedy too, so I know some comedians there, so that's cool. Mm -hmm. That's what I've been trying to do is just like build a network like that's... There's such a good network of people throughout like the... The comedy scene, and I didn't expect like the the burlesque scene and the comedy scene to like overlap the way it does, <laughs> which is awesome. I just like it's a happy accident. It's one of those things you didn't you wouldn't ever put two and two together. Like they're mm-hmm. both performers, but that's like that's 
that's about it. It's two different to- styles. Totally different styles. A lot. Sometimes, like the burlesque routines, though, like they're funny. Some of them are. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, they're so funny, and so it's just tapping into like those, you know, already existing, you know, things that are there. I get real big on like the not just the performance, but like how much the performers get into what they're wearing and like the accessories and stuff. And they make all of it by hand. Yeah. Which I'm like, Whoa, this is impressive. Like some of the, yeah, some of the outfits I've seen. And I'm not really like a stylist person. I'm very (laughs) basic, like (laughs) a basic dude who wears hoodies and jeans all the time. And, um, but like, yeah, I got a lot of respect for that. I was like, I didn't realize this would be something that I would notice. But like, and I've also, you know, I'm friends with people like on Facebook that do burlesque, mm-hmm. and uh, I see them like literally like putting together stuff, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, sequin by sequin sometimes. So like, yeah, yeah, it's talent. It's time consuming. Yeah, you know, it's it's a lot of pressure. So yeah, but after they're done, it's just. I'm like, you did all this? Wow. I went to uh, my first uh, male burlesque show, (laughs) Manscaped show, uh, which is an awesome name, by the way. Uh, Oh, yeah. And I went with a friend. I was like, I don't know what I, I, I mean, I've seen knew what to expect, but I was like, you don't know until you see it. And I was just like, oh, all right. Um, Because I'm a very straight man. And um, I went because uh, I was like, this is going to be something different. And I knew some of the comedians were forming. And I mm-hmm. like to support other comedians as much as I can because there's many that support me as well. And just like to build that community because we've had some disconnects in the community here and there. You know, whenever you get a group of people together, there's going to be some type of drama. <laughs> it's just the way it is. No matter where I go in any community, there's always something that happens. It's just like when people get together, it's just the way it goes. It's when all those creative minds start thinking and start going at once. All these creative minds (laughs) that, yeah, some fueled by substances and other things. And it's just like, oh, man, a lot of personalities. A lot of personalities, a lot of um, clashing of ideas and stuff like that. But I think oh, yeah. once you find your, once everybody kind of finds their rhythm and, and stuff like that, it, it tends to go like a well-oiled machine, if you will. But what did you think of Manscaped? It was really good. And they had uh, they had other performers as well. Not, um, they had... Uh, drag kings? They had, there, was a, there was one drag king and there was one... Um, I didn't know what category if he falled into, because he... Kept like all his clothes on. I think he met it, so he wasn't like. I don't know if he was considered burlesque, but so uh, drag king, but performs like a like you would see like a drag queen. Yeah, same. Well, he was no. No, it was clearly a biological male, and he was performing as a male, but he didn't. He was more of a dancer, like, than anything. He didn't take any of his clothes. Like, he didn't really, like, yeah. drop layers. Would that mm-hmm. be considered just burlesque, then? Uh, no. Or was he just a... I, and he was not from around here. I can't remember his name. He wasn't a part of Manscaped, either. Oh, I'm not sure if I know who you're talking about, then. He was, uh... 
I would say I, I I'm terrible with guessing age sometimes. It's, it could just be just a, a a performer that they just brought in. Yeah, no. I mean he was really good. Uh, but yeah, I was like this because yeah they introduced the manscape guys and he definitely wasn't a manscape guy. So I was like, yeah, sometimes they do have like special appearances and stuff like that yeah. from like people either from around here. There was or a couple of them, yeah, from out. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. No, but it was it was good, and the comedians did well too. Um, they kind of like would just like rotate. They would like have a performer, or a comedian, which is also a performer, but like they would just like switch it in and out, and it it worked out pretty well. But yeah, yeah, yeah I like them. And it was at Speakeasy. I like the Speakeasy, and I like what they've done with it. The new play or the new redo? Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I do too. Looks really really nice. I mean, I liked it before, but apparently it was, there were some problems. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it was a little outdated. Yeah, but it was. It was it yeah, was. I do. I do like the new one. Yeah. yeah. I hate that they had to close for so long because that was like one of my favorite open mics, but I get it. You know, I was kind of sad that it was that it was closed, but I liked being adopted into other local places to perform. Yeah, you know, typically like there's you a know, lot like, of improvising. Mm-hmm. Like uh, places that you typically wouldn't see a show at, like the upstairs um, for Blue Cat. Oh yeah, I've never been up there, but yeah, I know where you're talking that. about. Icons. Um, yeah. There's a couple other places too, and they just they just took them in. I, I like, heard that right. last Icon show was wild. It was it was a good time. <laughs> yeah. It was a good time. It was a good time. Definitely looking forward to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. I talked to Shane about it and he's like it was great but it was hard to do comedy cuz it was very loud he said. Very it was it was a rowdy bunch. It was a it was a rowdy bunch. So, um I'm going to be happy once we actually can get back home at the speakeasy. So, yeah. Yeah. And they're starting to implement more comedy shows like not just the uh well they would they would always do improv but like more stand-up there seems like brad's trying to implement more stand-up which i like mm-hmm. they're doing like a show on i think it's this friday like austin ingles is doing a show he's opening for i can't i don't know the guy's name so i'm not gonna butcher it but he's somebody from out of town he's been on hbo like bigger name guy mm-hmm. uh and then on April first, Leslie's hosting a show like that, and it's not and it's not like the open mic. It's like a legit like show with a showcase, and mm-hmm. uh, I think Zach's on it and a couple other people. I don't know how, who else is on it. Besides, I didn't know the other people that were on it, but so it sounds like he's trying to implement that, which is good because that place is just so awesome. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just. A, great place to perform yeah yeah i just i like seeing so many different new things coming into the quad cities Mm -hmm. um i just there's so many people around here that are like there's nothing to do i'm like yeah that's frustrating it's i i used to be like that i used Mm -hmm. to be that one of those people and i know (laughs) of shows happening all the time now it seems like 
even just comedy shows. Just comedy shows. Now you have the improv shows coming. You've got variety shows. You've got drag shows. You've got burlesque shows. You know, there's three different burlesque troops around here. So, yeah. you know, there's there's something going on almost every weekend. And I granted it may not be everybody's cup of tea, but, you know, there's been so much, like, really good feedback about comedy sports coming back. So, you know, I was, yeah, that's I was really happy. Yeah, yeah. So I just think that, you know, once the word gets out and we just kind of continue to push it, you know, I want to see packed houses for every show. Yeah. I do. So Even some of the open mics are getting more people at them because some of the open mics were very hit and miss as far mm-hmm. as like the audience goes. I mean, because they're during the week. I mean, you know. Tuesdays and Sunday nights, like, mm-hmm. uh, but I was talking to JT last night and he's like, yeah, the last village show, we had like a really good audience. Like that just, they, they showed up like right at the start of it, but like we had a really good audience and I was like, of course I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, only cause I had something else going on, but yeah. yeah. And that's really good to hear. And, yeah, people are just making stuff happen, which is really cool to see because we don't have a – when it comes to particular, specifically comedy because that's what obviously where I know the most is we don't have a comedy club specifically. Like a, We don't. I would love to see something like that. It would be great, know. but it's just so difficult from a business perspective. It is. It is. To make money and be profitable at all, it's tough. There, because I've thought about it, but like, because I have a business mindset, and I'm just like, it's too risky for me right now. If yeah. I had a bunch of money, like, just like I'd throw around, like, yeah, I'd be like, definitely need to do this as long as I break even. I don't care, but I don't. Yeah, I would just maybe you know look at trying someplace small like uh yeah. like Roz Taz or something you know and just do like comedy shows and stuff there so i've actually am so proud and so happy of my friend Aubrey because he's with the roaring rhetoric and about once a month they do open mic night for spoken word mm-hmm. uh rap poetry whatever you want and this past month he does it at Roz Taz mm-hmm. And I think it's ten dollars a mission, five dollars like if you're going to perform or something. And <laughs> we didn't get to go because my kiddo performs too, but he was sick. Uh, but they had like seventy people, and if you've been in Rastas, you know it's there's not a lot of room in there. No, you said seven or seventy. 70. It was packed, and so I was like, I'm so happy. Like you know, awesome. he's been working so hard to just build that up. And when are they doing that? On like what day of the week? Usually? Fridays usually. Oh, that's good. Yeah, once a month on a Friday. I had to pay more attention to that because obviously he wouldn't care if I did stand up. I would assume it's, it's I don't, fair game. Or, yeah, I mean, I totally put you in connection with them, but yeah. I mean, it's just, it's nice to see that, especially around here, because there's nothing like that around here. So, it's just nice to see that it's very, it's very chill. You do the finger snaps. Oh, yeah. Finger (laughs) snaps. Yeah. So, we're looking forward to the one in March. I can't remember when the date is, but, you know, he's got a DJ. um, That's cool. Who's amazing. And it's, 
yeah. I just went to an open mic in Cedar Rapids. It's a newer open mic, and they had a, it. It was for comedy specifically for stand up, but they had a DJ, mm-hmm. and he would like, you know, obviously do intros for each person and like uh, for the for the host because they're friends. And he would like just throw in like random like, like you know, like the noises and sound effects and stuff, and like. I it, think it having was just, a DJ it do more, that, yeah. It, yeah, it just, it changes the whole... The crowd was so does. engaged the yeah. whole time. It was awesome. It does. And, like, in between, like, sets and stuff like that, you know, it's, yeah. you know, it's, he could be doing his thing. Yep. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's really excited about it. So, yeah, shout out Brian Lee. He's from Cedar Rapids. Uh, they're trying to get that show going. And I'm going to try to go in a couple of weeks. Cedar Rapids is just, uh, it's a little bit of a hike. Because when you're doing it round trip, because it's like, you know, that's at least a couple hours in the car. Yeah. I did it by myself. I was just like, I need to bring somebody else with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, the DJ for the Roaring Rhetoric stuff is King Supreme, uh, Preston. Okay. So. I've heard that name. I probably know who that is if I've met him. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, real nice guy. I don't know a lot of people named Preston, so that sounds familiar. <laughs> yep, he is. He's. It's just. I haven't been vibe. to Ross House in a long time, but it's always been a cool place. It really is. chill. It is. It's really, really nice. Yeah, I'll have to look. He's got the flyer out and everything already, so I'll have to send that to you. Don't they have food there now? They didn't they for a do. while. They do, and it's actually it's pretty good food. They got really nice drinks and stuff there. So yeah. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. It's been a while. My buddy was uh, was there recently. He just moved here from Seattle. He's like, this reminds me so much of Seattle. <laughs> I was like, is that good or bad? Because sometimes cause he left Seattle for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, but no, he uh, he likes the Midwest uh, a lot. He has made a few different comparisons as far as just the way people are. Like that's We're a lot what he more like. friendly and we yeah. just smile at everything and yeah, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> he, he loves that. Yeah, he's like he he missed that because he's not originally from here. He uh, he went to college at Iowa State. And oh, okay. He's like I wanted to come back to Iowa and because I just I'm just the people. Um, in We're general. special. We are we are special. <laughs> We're <laughs> that's special. For sure. <laughs> I mean, some of the uh, yeah. We won't get into the whole political crap, but yeah, there's there's that aspect that, that's that's all messed up. But the people in general, if you talk to just everyday people, we're they're pretty, good people. We're pretty cool. Yeah, we're, right? yeah, we're good people. We're good people. Yeah. yeah, and just like every state, it's got its it's got its cons, but yeah, yeah. No, I think we we've got a very nice community with a ton of different artistic talent. Oh yeah, and it's, I just think. I honestly think it's a, a little, like, under-showcased. you know what I mean? I agree. Because people... I've talked to people that don't live here, that live in bigger cities, and they're just like, you, if you want to actually do something or, like, you know, make it, mm-hmm. you got to get out... Of, you have to get out of the Quad Cities. I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Like, I am here, and I'm going to prove those people wrong. <laughs> because I hate hearing that so much. I'm like... It's yeah, like telling if everybody kids, yeah. if everybody leaves, then yeah, that's going to keep happening. Yeah, yeah. But if we get some people to stay and like actually like like the way like Dan Bush is and like 
that group of people are building up downtown, like mm-hmm. with like analog and um, like Devin's complaint environment, Armored Garden. So like he runs all that. Him and a couple other people, and then like the the Lopez brothers with mm-hmm. Lopez, and like we need more people like that. Um, that are like who are just as engaged in the community as the people that as are the trying. performers. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I think it says a lot about you know who we are when people see that oh this place is hosting like a stand up comedian night. You know, it sees that we're working together. We want each other to be successful. And we're just you know we're everybody's hype people essentially. Mm-hmm. I really want to see that. I do. And it, I mean, we do see that in some places too. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. We're seeing it. It's not going to happen like overnight, but no. it's uh, definitely grown. And like you were saying earlier, like with comedians, like I just keep seeing more comedians popping <laughs> up, which is cool because like I haven't been doing it that long and I've met so many different people. And uh, some people try it and they don't, they're like, ah, it's not for me. And they don't really see them again, but at least they tried it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. With me, I didn't know what was going to happen when I tried it. I didn't know if I was going to like it or if I was going to stick with it. And it was just like, there was like even a gap there where I did it, some mics. And then I was like, uh, and then I went back to it and I was like, ever since then, it's just like been nonstop for the most part. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just another creative outlet for me. One of many. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. I like it. So, we're yeah. I'm glad we both yeah, I'm trying to and I'm trying to go out of my way to support other art forms as well. And cuz like before like I would go to the stand-up shows before that's kind of that's how I got into doing, doing stand-up because they would see me at the shows and be like clearly you like this, like why aren't you doing <laughs> this? And like uh I like being in the audience. I don't know if I want to go up there. That's scary. And <laughs> And now look at you. Yeah, and it it, it is scary. Now it's mm-hmm. like to the point where it's like if I don't do it for a while, I feel weird. Like I feel off. Like I need to uh, it's like therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and I didn't realize that until yeah, Thursday had been the first time I've been on stage in a little bit of time, like a week or two, mm-hmm. which is a long time because, like, like I was saying earlier, there's so many open mics now, and I was just like, man, I'm so glad I did this because I almost talked myself out of it because I, you know, I drove, I drove by myself. Yeah, but I'm so glad I did it because it's that different energy as soon as you hit step on stage. As soon like, as I was up there, I yeah. was like. <laughs> I, I was choice. more anxious before. I was more anxious all day before that than yeah. I was when I was on stage. It was so weird. It's so relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. Because at this point, I'm like, you guys all have to listen to me <laughs> for like ten minutes, no matter what I say, <laughs> no matter what I say. Yeah. yeah so I like it. Uh, we can wrap up on this. Uh, I I haven't been timing this because I'm terrible. Ever since I started recording at home, I'm like, I need to set a timer because when I was in the studio, I would pay by the hour. So I was like, I know I have to like wrap mm-hmm. up. And now I'm at home. I'm just like, oh. I know. You just need like a big old timer that's I, like sitting I, right yeah, there. Yeah. I need something. <laughs> we're not we're not doing too bad though. Uh, but I wanted to talk about you being a parent and dealing with uh, mental health at home with 
with your child. I, I don't know how comfortable they are about you talking about their, their mental health, but like, <laughs> well, uh, it's something I can't relate to, but I know other people listening can relate to having, you know, having a child, especially a teenage child. I can only imagine. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's a, I think we, us, I think it's us as parents and us as adults period forget what it was like when we were teenagers. Oh yeah. I don't. <laughs> so I try. I've tried. Like, <laughs> I'm scared. So like, you know, like the pressures and stuff like that. And it's only gotten more aggressive. And I just think that so many of us are out of touch and out of tune with what's really going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, every, every child is different, you know, and I'm not, of course, I'm yeah. not discounting that, but you know, for me with a kiddo that, you know, is, very proudly identifies with the LGBTQ plus group, you know, and just dealing with mental health and, you know, anger issues. And just on top of that, you got hormones, you have the stressors of, of school and, you know, just getting a grades. There's a lot of pressure on kids. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pressure on kids and it, it affects everybody differently. And I actually will never forget, but um, I was back in junior high. Um, I called my kiddo in for just a day off, and they always ask what the reason is. Yeah. And I was like, mental health day. And I will never forget that the person on the other line was like, she didn't say anything. And she's like, you're the only person I've ever heard do that. Like, like it's there. I, I, I don't know if like, People would just not call in and just say that. Or they'd make something up. Right. And she's like, that's awesome. You know? And I'm like, how is it not okay for kids to do that, but us adults can do it? You know what I mean? And so it's hard dealing with kids with depression and anxiety because, you know, it's not something as parents, like, we can just fix. Yeah, and you want to fix it because you're a parent. want to, right? Yeah. yeah. So... Just get them into therapy, um, just listening to them. Um, I think the hardest thing for me is knowing when not to listen to them. It's Ooh. Yeah. And so, you know, if they get into a a mood and I, it's just very aggressive, I'm like, okay, just whatever, detox, unwind, calm down, relax, whatever. We can always circle back around, but it's it's been hard on 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 both. It's, yeah, it's been hard on both. You know, um, we're going through a lot of stuff together, and I've had to go back in therapy because of it. And it's just it, it, it's very hard. Um, I think as parents, um, we need to. Especially with like the LGBTQ plus stuff, because there's they're the teenagers are not dumb. They know exactly what's going on, you know, and they know they they get it and they're very impressionable. And so I just I give my kiddo all the resource I can possibly can. Mm. And what they want to do with it is, you know, kind of up to them. But yeah. you know, the clock offers some after school groups. There's a middle school group and a high school group. And there's a couple other groups too, and they meet every week. And so I think they're going to start doing that. But the mental health with teenagers has gotten 
really bad. And people like to blame it on social media. They like to blame it on. Oh yeah, you want to blame something. Yeah, and it's just it's not the case. It's not the case. Like I said, everybody's different, but definitely not the case for my kiddo. But yeah, nope, nope. So as far as parenting, are you a single parent or co-parenting or co-parenting? Co-parenting, and that is has its own frustrations. I'm mm-hmm. sure it does. It does. Um, it's it's really hard sometimes to. be on the same page oh yeah I'm so sure. you're not you're not with that person every day so yeah yeah so and it doesn't help either when like you get some health issues involved too that just you know impacts their their mental health even worse mm-hmm. so but co-parenting and then you get all the people telling you what you should be doing Ooh, yeah 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 everybody thinks they're an expert yeah yeah yep no you know, I unsolicited advice. It does. You know, out of everything that's going on, you know, my kiddo's not perfect. We none of us are, but they have very good morals and ethics. And for a fifteen-year-old, that's not. You can't say that for a lot of them. Yeah. So. Yeah. I did get a chance to meet them very randomly. <laughs> Uh, yeah well we we're wondering what was going on with the dog in the neighborhood here comes me i was like oh okay I really want to. yeah that was a weird situation i was out for an old man walk uh <laughs> and yeah we were trying to figure out where this, this dog, dog came from or whose dog it yeah. was it was just a stray dog and it was just one of those situations apparently the neighbor yeah when that lady came out she's like it's fine <laughs> the dog always it went back home it's fine I'm like, okay we thought it was gonna get hit yeah. so that's why my my yeah, house is like turn around yeah and, like my house like turn around i'm gonna go after it it's like okay <laughs> i was yeah. like you can definitely run faster than that coon <laughs> Yep. Everybody can run faster than I can. I'm one of the <laughs> slowest people ever. I, I I'm like Johnny Tuesday. <laughs> uh, good old Johnny Tuesday. Uh, gotta love him. Yeah. I need to have I need to have him on the podcast. That would be fun. It would be fun. That would be interesting. Yeah. Because he's a mystery. <laughs> Wrapped in an enigma. Yeah. 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 I love him. You know him and I went to high school together. Oh really? Yeah. Where'd you go? Do PB? Oh, okay, North Scott. Oh, oh yeah, Long Groves, P- uh, North Scott, not PB. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. Yeah. What was uh, Johnny Tuesday like in high school? Do you remember? Oh, you- not really, right. but I mean, it, it, I feel like he hasn't changed. That's hilarious. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it sucks that I can't really remember, but yeah, no. Yeah. I didn't know he was from there. I well, I, like I said, I I don't know if he was there the entire year or the entire time I was there, but I know, yeah, he, we both went to North Scott, so he might be able to fill in some of the holes. Maybe, yeah, <laughs> maybe. yeah maybe he might, <laughs> he be, might able. be able to fill in some of the holes better than I can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody has called him at another name before, like they called him Johnny or John L, and I was like, who the hell are you talking? <laughs> 
It's like he's got a lot of different it, names. It's it, fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. He's got multiple nicknames. Yeah. <laughs> uh I'm trying to think of what else I wanted to cover here. We're at about. Or just, I can actually see the recording time now. I I just learned this. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just under an hour. Oh, yeah, I can see it too. Yeah, which is good. Because uh, mm-hmm. I'm trying to keep the episodes around that time because like it's kind of like the sweet spot mm-hmm. uh, from what I've learned. Because if I go over that, uh, or if I go way over that, like Steve Moe's episode was originally like two hours and 45 minutes long. Anything with Stevie Moe is going to be... <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like 10 times longer than what it should be. Yeah, I don't know how much I... love I'd... you, Stevie Moe. Yeah, he... I could have just been like, here, just, <laughs> just uh, here. here's a couple topics. Just start talking. I'm going to go take a walk. <laughs> it's the Stevie Moe show. And he'll show. still be talking. <laughs> it's always the Stevie Moe show. That guy. I've known Stevie for uh least 10 years probably longer longer than that uh probably closer to 15 years because mm-hmm. i knew do you know do you know devin devin weiss i might have i recognized it like if i saw him. he used to do comedy uh but he is devin devin's complaint department mm-hmm. that's that's him oh. <laughs> so and they had a podcast a long time ago, like before people were doing, like before everyone had a podcast, <laughs> and this was like in 2011. Oh, wow, yeah. And they had a podcast called The Good Sirs, and they asked me to be on there one time randomly because I used to work with Devin. Yeah. At Jimmy John's. Oh. <laughs> and uh, that's how I know Dan Bush, too, because he used to work at Jimmy John's, too. Um, well, he was my manager at Jimmy John's. And uh, I was like, it was it was weird going full circle and having him on my podcast when I was on his podcast like mm-hmm. uh, over a decade ago. <laughs> I was like, this is so weird, and uh, I still need to be on his new podcast or his Getting Stranger Stevie Mo podcast. I know I do too. Yeah, How of rude. course. Yeah, yeah. I so know. we need to I, call him out. I know. I have no problem calling out Stevie Mo. Oh no, <laughs> he doesn't have an issue with it. No, I. I actually feel like I've known Stevie Moe my entire life, but I only just met him at Brad's funeral and visitation. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's one of those guys. Yeah, you <laughs> you get the you get the full he experience. He leaves his mark. Like when you first meet him, he's you not wanna. going anywhere. Like I've met people who haven't met Stevie Moe, and like, <laughs> and they're like, I don't think I've met him. Like you would know. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Without a doubt, he's one of those guys. Yeah. Same with Johnny Tuesday. Yeah. Same same thing. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, good old Stevie. Yeah. Did you know, you didn't hear what him and I were supposed to be doing. Mm-mm. So a friend of ours uh, pitted me against Stevie Moe in a cook-off. Oh. Yeah, you want everything, every, people want this to happen. And of course, Stevie Moe takes cool. it to the extreme. And he's like, oh, I'm going to do like a prime rib. I'm like, okay, slow down here. You know, Gordon Ramsay, just take it down a notch. And I was like, we need to settle on like one protein and yeah. or one thing and then we just do our own thing of that thing so it's starts off neutral and then we can go from there so yeah so i don't know when this is happening but yeah people still want us to go toe to toe so i was like all right that would be cool <laughs> and i would love to be a taste tester on that we have a lot of people that are like we'll be taste testers yeah yeah 
That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, that would be fun content to make for sure. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. We have a we have we have a film guy. We have Brandon and then I don't know Stevie works with somebody too that does his Did you watch his Valentine's video? No, I didn't. It's ridiculous. I'll have to go back and watch. It's like twenty minutes, so I didn't even watch the oh, whole thing, but like That's like a whole episode of Netflix. It's like it is like a whole episode, but like it's very well done production wise. Like okay. he, he put a lot of time into it. It's it's funny. It's like because okay. he's making tacos for one. And he's like, and he keeps like bringing up his ex and like making jokes about it, and like, it, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's, it's very on brand for Stevie Mo. It's great. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go back and I'm gonna have to watch that. Oh yeah, I need to watch the rest of it. I watched part of it like I was doing something else, but I was like, this is, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> I just reminded myself I need to watch it, the rest of it, but. Yeah, yeah. Too. Getting strange with Stevie Mo. That's uh, I think that's what his YouTube handle is. So if anybody wants to check that out and uh, have a good laugh at Stevie Mo's expense, he loves that. You will not regret it. Yeah, maybe you might regret maybe. it. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things. It's like <laughs> you never know what you're going to get into with Stevie Mo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. You brought up Brad. Brad was a huge fan of the podcast. Um, That's one thing I do. Man, I miss Brad. But yeah, yeah. Brad was kind of, you know, as far as like, you know, my mindset of just, he just wanted everybody to be the best at what they're doing, you know? Yeah. And he would support you in any way he could. Yeah. He was just such a huge supporter. Mm hmm. And, um, you might have known him longer than I did. I I was just getting to know him because I knew him because I I've only been around for a couple of years, you know, in mm. within the scenes. Um, so you probably knew him a lot longer than I did. For a while, yeah, I've known him for a while. And he um, knew like everybody. So oh, he was one of those guys. Like, yeah, he just... was very hard to miss too. I mean, oh yeah, he was very hard to miss. Um, and loud. <laughs> He was also loud. He, loud and uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, he was just such a sweetheart, though. Oh, but, yeah. You know, and it's actually the first time I ever met his sons was at his visitation and funeral. But, you know, and now with Christian, mm-hmm. with him and Rebecca, I mean, I I just I love them to pieces. Oh, yeah. You know, they awesome. watch my dogs if I go out of town and. You know, things have been a little crazy, but we're trying. We we will get eventually get together for dinner because Christian wants to cook. So Christian loves cooking as well. Yeah. That's another person you could throw into the mix. Yeah, and then you know, Josh and Iowa City. You know, I know he's busy with school. You know, and oh, just yeah. all that stuff going on up there. But you know, I have friends in Iowa City, and so we're trying to coordinate so I can go up and just you know have lunch with them or something. Yeah. So. They're just, they're so great. They're so wonderful. And I feel like I just connected with so many new and amazing people. Oh, it brought a lot of, it brought a lot of people together for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously it was a very difficult time for a lot of people, but so many people were able to just exist together and Mm -hmm. feel all the feelings, all the, 
all the roller coaster of emotions and oh, yeah. it was uh it's very like it was therapeutic really mm-hmm. in a way like and yeah i met people like uh one of the um I'll tell you after like what her name is. I'm not going to say it on here. Uh, one of the burlesque dancers that I used to work with mm-hmm. and she used to be like my boss at an old <laughs> job I had. Uh, and I barely remembered her cause it was, a, it was a blurrier time in my life. <laughs> and, uh, I met her at, um, again, having not seen her for many, many years at mm-hmm. Brad's funeral. And I was like, Oh, She's like, I, she's like, I used to be your boss. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> yeah. I was not the best employee back then. But yeah, it was weird. Like all the different people that I ran into and got mm-hmm. to meet. And yeah, now I talk to Christian at least once a week. And got to have him on the podcast, which was really cool. And yeah, he's just a great guy. Mm-hmm. Uh I haven't gotten to know Josh that well because he doesn't live here, but he seems like a good After guy, too. After school, he'll be back here, though. Oh, yeah. Is he graduating, or is he... Very soon. Oh. Very soon. Okay. Yeah. So, I actually think... Oh, I might be wrong on this, but I think May. I think May of this year. So, I could be wrong. Tosh can correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, good old college. I wouldn't have survived in Iowa City. <laughs> like, you know, I think that's a true testament. Yeah. Where'd you go to school? Iowa City, and you survived. I think I feel like that should be a bumper sticker. I didn't go to Iowa State. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad I didn't go to Iowa State. I don't know if I would have survived there either. Um, <laughs> just because it's, I don't know, it's not the same. I, I, I grew up, um, I grew up a Hawkeye, so I wouldn't have gone to uh, Iowa State. Yeah. Um, my brother and my dad both went to Iowa. I went to Hawkeye Community College, actually, in Waterloo, and went to UNI for a little while, and then I graduated from... I came back, and I graduated from Ambrose. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I kind of did my rounds uh, a few different places. Yeah. I would love to go back and get my bachelor's, but the way my brain works, I just... I'm with that. I'm with you there. I'm like... With school, I just had such, I have such a weird relationship with school. I've said this a million times, but people have, multiple people have been like, even people in the professional world have been like, you should be a therapist. I'm like, (laughs) that'd be cool, but that would require me to go back to school. And I don't like school. I don't know. You could be like a life coach. Doesn't really, that doesn't really require much schooling. You would think so, but it it does. If you want to do it right. Yeah. I've See, talked to a friend of mine. She put in a lot of hours and spent a lot of money, and she's uh, my friend Lori, who I who I had on the podcast. I need to reach back out to her because um, she wanted to do like a live coaching session on like Facebook Live or Instagram Live, and like yeah. show people how it works. Yeah, and um, yeah, she spent a lot of a lot of time getting her certification because there's ways that you can yeah do it and not right. But she, you know, she's one of those people, like, if I'm going to do it, I'm doing it. Like, oh, yeah, I'm right. going all in. See, I've been wanting to get back into, like, what I'm really, really passionate about. And I stopped because of the hours. You know, I had a kid. But, like, the food and beverage industry mm. and, like, hospitality, I could do that in my sleep. 
Like, oh, yeah. as far as, like, management and, like, running stuff, like... Yeah, but the hours are brutal. It is. But, you know, now that they're old, my, my kiddo's older, like, I mean, I could get back into it and just pick up, like, nothing. But I also really want... Like, another really good passion of mine is, like, I want a position that has something to do with, like, the diversity and inclusion. But all they want, you know, the companies and stuff that I've been looking at, they want bachelor degrees. And I tried, I did, but I just think with my brain injury, I just, I can't, I can't, I can't retain information. Yeah. And it's hard. But I was like, I can do this job. (laughs) So I was like, it's a catch-22. It's It's frustrating. Yeah, I get it. So... Yeah, now it stinks. But I'll find something. It'll work. I was in the restaurant hospitality industry for a little while. I did bartending and serving. Mm-hmm. I feel like I could do a lot better at it now that I'm sober. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I did do it for a little while yeah. after I, um, before, before I got the job I have now. Because so obviously I still needed to work. Yeah. But I did I did more bartending than I did serving, and that was really weird. <laughs> like, see, I didn't. Well, my first my first job was at Outback. I was there for seven years. Okay, but like my stuff is more like the management side, and okay. but I also did like weddings and special events, and I was in the bar and restaurant and hotel and all that stuff. So Event planning type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, there's yeah. good money in that too. Yep. So. Yeah, I've been thinking about revisiting that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, didn't realize how much went into or how much work, and I personally didn't like it myself, uh, doing just planning a comedy show. Like, I did a few of the comedy shows I did, and, oh, my God, I was so stressed out. I was just like, (laughs) I, I was like... Uh, that's when I was like, I if I do host a show in the future, it's going to be very like simple. Um, it's going to be a smaller venue, and it's going to be like split the door, and that's it. And not all, I had a bunch of extra stuff going on with the venue, and I learned a lot like just by doing three different shows but i was like so stressed out afterwards i'm like i just wanted to like do stand up and perform and then leave the planning to everybody else yeah i was like i'm good like yeah eventually i'll or maybe even just plan the show and not even host it have somebody else host it and just Mm -hmm. plan the show yeah because i was just i felt like i was wearing too many hats like i had to plan the show host the show and be funny. I know, but that's where you have to, like, you have to delegate. So, like, you know, yeah. like, yeah, I'm hosting, but I need you to do this so you can focus on other stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I get it. Because, you, I mean, you're doing a show and you're looking at, you know, advertising and, and marketing. and Yeah, and I... All that fun th- that's stuff. That's one of my backgrounds in. So, I was like, I need to do all that myself. <laughs> control, control, control. <laughs> yeah, it was... I was like that, too. But then I got to the point where I was like, you, and I got too stressed out. And I was like, no. I was like, I'm just going to delegate this. So, I was like... Yeah. I can figure out what who can do what. And, yeah. I mean, that's why restaurants have, like, a back-of-the-house manager in addition to, like, the kitchen staff. And, Yeah. But I understand the control side of it. I do. Yeah, because nobody will do this the way I want it to do. I want it to do it. I want to do it this way and no other way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. So, yeah, 
I guess that's a good life lesson is learning to give up control and realize when you're at your breaking point and being able to ask for help and be like, mm-hmm. I need, I can't do all this myself. I mean, I can, but I might lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I get it. At what cost? Yep.